Hi, my name is Amelia Rose, and you're listening to Interview Under Fire. I bet you thought I was less than I am. I bet you thought I'd forget you by now. I can still recall the taste upon your tongue and you. All right, welcome back, everyone, to a brand new episode of Interview Under Fire. This is your host, Sonny, and with me today is the talented, self-produced singer-songwriter from New York in Amelia Rose. Uh, it's an honor. Thank you so much for joining our IUF series today. Now, Amelia, this is an exciting time of the year for you with the release of your debut first full-length album, the EP titled Dead Mots in My Sugar, which drops here at the end of summer via Allegory Records and Deco Entertainment. Uh, first and foremost, I want to congratulate you on all of the well-deserved acknowledgements uh, you're getting so far, especially with that mesmerizing single Goliath that released just last week. Shout out to the other revered publications like Glide, Musique, and Restless, name a few who have praised your work. There's just so many amazing things to unravel about this new album and who you're all about. But before we get to all that, we talked about it before the interview started. Uh, now that we're kind of getting back into the normality of things, at least here in the States, um, how are you? What's New York been like for the last six months? I think that's an important question, but a simple one to ask to kick these <laughs> off. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, I don't know if it's simple, but uh, it's been it's been interesting. Uh, you know, with the with the pandemic, I, I almost instantly fell into live streaming. Um, I was performing virtually um, every night for like four to six hours uh, for like the first the first six months of the pandemic. But the yeah. last six months, I decided to finally take uh, one day off a week. So now I'm like kind of more loosely streaming, um, but I still do Tuesday through Saturday, Sunday, depending. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's been it's been really it's the pandemic as atrociously horrible and heartbreaking as it was. It definitely gave me more of an insight to my music because I had time to just sit and produce my stuff and there was no time constraints it was like time stopped in a way um so i i think i definitely discovered a little bit more about my sound and the stuff that i am drawn to yeah and making the best of the situation is uh it's a, it's an easier said than done process and we we're doing that i, I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of days ago about how i kind of did miss the first few months of the pandemic i mean not because of obviously the pandemic but it allowed me to take care of myself. Like after the first month or the second month, you're like, huh, I can actually catch up on things that I just kind of just held back for the last year or two years, which whichever position you were in. But then once the third month settled in and the fourth month, you're like, okay, I got to <laughs> find a way to be productive. I don't know if you had that same issue, but it was just, it was just kind of something to look back on, on how you kind of do, you do have to take care of yourself no matter where you are in this world. And uh, it's, it's good that, Hey, you, you're taking a day off and a day can turn into <laughs> two days, you know, over that time frame, and you get to really yeah. discover a lot more about yourself. But um, yeah, but, but uh, uh, aside from that, I do want to wind the clock back, Amelia, to several okay. years to maybe almost even a decade to, oh, wow. <laughs> uh, 2012. All right. Because for fans and listeners who may not know if you could just briefly, you know, talk about that defining moment in your life that led to the beginning of your journey on, you know, when you first sat down in front of the piano into who you are today, because you've been on quite the journey. Does it feel like everything kind of just went by in a blink at the same time? You know, I would say so, but I think there have been so many, so many memories. I can, I can think of so many different moments like that. 
But I think a defining moment in my like artistry, um, I went to this really, really small uh, high school. It was kind of like a homeschool high school in a way. Um, and I only went there for six months. Um, but there was a piano in the center of the like common room. Yeah. And nobody, nobody ever played it. It just kind of sat there. The school was like in an old church. <laughs> and, um, but it wasn't church related or anything. It was just there. Yeah. Anyway, um, I remember one day I like didn't have any, any work to do or anything. And I was in seventh grade and I went over to the piano and we were learning about Edgar Allan Poe at the time. And I was like, someone should make this into like songs, Edgar Allan Poe. Like it's, it's, it's song. It is. It's just without the, you know, melodies. It's poetry. And yeah. And, um, and I just started kind of, you know, dabbling on, on piano. But I, I didn't know what I was playing. I, I've, I'm self-taught at, at piano. I don't take lessons or anything. And, um, and I remember from that moment, I was like, wow, this is, this is what I want to do forever. And um, thankfully, it looks like that could be something that I could do. Wow. So, so you just found it one day. Do you remember what you even played or you just kind of just <laughs> kind of just went off the because you know how when you sit down, yeah. you, you, things kind of just click like I play the violin, you know, I didn't, uh -huh. I didn't just pick that instrument. It's just something that kind of clicked with me. So I don't know if, if that's something that kind of resonates with you. It's like, okay, something just feels right about sitting here and playing the way I want to play and how I want to play it. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, um, I believe the poem was Annabelle, that poem. Um, okay. I think Annabelle Lee. I think I did a report on school about that. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking exactly. back on that now. now. <laughs> um, and I remember, yeah, it was definitely a magical moment for me, especially you know, I kind of switched around schools a lot and I, I've always loved music. I come from like a family of musicians and like I grew up in a very musical household, um, but I didn't really know how to play any instruments, um, but I had never really tried piano. I had never really sat down and been like, like I had never actually tried. And I remember in that moment just being like in the zone, you know, like in soul where the, yeah. the guy goes into the zone. It was like that. <laughs> Wow. Oh my gosh. Okay. I'll have to go and watch that again now because Oh, it's so good. That's uh it's so good. Well, one, probably one of my, if not my favorite movie from last year. But um, yeah. okay, so my mind just exploded for a second right there because you said <laughs> you come from a family of musicians. Same here. My mom is a professional music artist, so she's a singer. Oh, awesome. Uh, both of my brothers are they play almost every instrument out there. My sister is actually learning the piano right now as we speak. Uh, she's taking lessons, but um that's very uh, I love that, that you have that experience and, um, but you know, you know, fast forwarding through life, you know, obviously many of us have also been away from the stage a lot, you know, fans and musicians alike, but uh, we talked about how things are kind of just coming back into the normality as of late, but how have you been keeping up your, you know, your vocals and instrumentations these days, you know, is, is that affecting your musicianship? You know, you talking about staying busy during the pandemic and which we will talk about, but <laughs> How have you have you lost anything? I feel like you haven't lost. Oh, a beat, though. yeah, no, I I think if anything, I have grown tremendously at my skills um, with piano and my voice, too. I actually uh, during the pandemic learned how to do uh, polyphonic undertone singing. Um, it wasn't something I like 
Googled how to do it just kind of happened during a stream and then it kept happening during my streams and then I learned how to harness it. Um, and yeah, so I think if anything, my musicality has grown a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot during the pandemic. Also my writing too. Um, I've really figured out how to say and how to get across what I'm, yeah. what I'm trying to. Um, if there's anything I've lost, it's social skills. That, that on the <laughs> other hand, I think is a little rusty and I'm trying to get back into it. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I went on my, uh, well, actually we're taking a vacation to Chicago next week and, uh, <laughs> excuse me, and I have no idea what to expect because I haven't been on a vacation in what, two years or whenever, yeah. you know, and I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm like, I, I have to fly on a plane. I got to do all this stuff. And uh, it's you have to start, you know, you have to train yourself mentally to get back into that. But, uh, you know, Amelia, what's the first thing now I'm going to ask you, what's the first thing you kind of play to warm up these days? You know, has anything has that changed for your routine wise lately? Have you mixed things up? I know you're you're in your home, you know, you're in your studio and playing what you play. Uh, you're talking about getting back into the live music. What comes into your head? Do you just play a specific, uh, like a like a song or just a specific tune to kind of just get yourself into the mode again? I go through certain certain favorites as warm ups. Uh, depends on I guess the month. Currently, right now, my favorite go to warm up song on my streams. I've been starting off every stream with this song recently. Um, it's nothing by Rex Orange County. Um, and it's, it's just such a good song. It's a song I've, I've loved for a long time, but I didn't think I could play it. Oh, there's some songs that just seem off limits for me. Um, but I just, I was like, oh, I should try to cover that. And I, and I did. And then it, it's become a, it's become the first thing I play for the past, like, I would say month and a half at least, but I kind of go through different rotations of warm up songs, but they're always while I'm live. So if yeah. I, yeah, I, I've definitely also lost my um, my warming up skills. Um, I know most uh, you're supposed to warm up as a musician. I always forget. <laughs> I was going to ask if you uh, wanted to play one of your warm up songs, if you had one that you can just. Yeah, like, I could play a little bit of it. Um, okay, you, have the floor. you have the floor. You have the, I have the floor. floor. <gasps> yeah. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. It's such a good song. Go um, for it. Here, let me just pull it. I'd love uh, to hear that. All right. Here. It's so good. All right. got two sets of headphones on today. I'm making you work today, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. give you that round of applause once this episode airs oh my gosh you talking about <laughs> you said you 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 lost some of that edge no i don't i don't hear any of that you um uh, and that's that's something special you have going on and i do want to 
I can't wait till we talk about the music you're working on because you've been at this for a while, Amelia, because I do also want to mention that you took part in that. You kind of helped me segue into this because you took a part, you took part in that, obviously that revered singer, singer uh, competition show, American Idol, obviously oh that, <laughs> of course, and of course, so far sounds, but you know, it's, I want to mention this because you got, what is it? Three yeses and a gold ticket to Hollywood. Do you still have that? Yeah. ticket? They don't give it to you. Um, I am oh, sorry man. to spoil the magic. They don't, you don't get to keep the golden ticket. Um, I have a picture of it, Yeah, um, but it's like, I think they have like maybe 10 that they like rotate through with that for everyone to take a picture with. Uh, it belongs um, to you. Let's just say that. And you know, if you also finished in the top <laughs> 68 uh, of 200,000 people, if I'm correct. And yeah. I don't care who you are. I mean, that's an <laughs> impressive thing for anyone. And do you ever just stop for a moment and just think back on that time in your life? Or how often do you even just do that? Um, it, it was definitely a very surreal time. Um, I was like 16 um, and I was very edgy. And so I was like, I'm only going to do my original music. <laughs> and um, it was definitely very 16 year old of me. And I think I, whenever I think back on that time of my life, I think about things I could have done differently, but I think mm-hmm. everything works out in the end. Cause I don't think I, I mean, just my personal, my personal taste, I'm not really a, a a music reality TV show kind of person. It's not my, uh, I think, I think music is very subjective. And I think that a lot of the times people like I've, I've watched the voice and stuff. I used to be a very big fan of the voice. Um, and like they'd send the people home and then the, the musician is like crushed their spirit is crushed and it's like no you're amazing keep going and i don't know so i think i think reality tv in music has its own special place and i think it's turning around now thankfully it seems like they're being a lot more appreciative to original artists and like diy musicians and stuff um but whenever i think back on that time of my life i definitely have a lot of different emotions about it and on one hand i feel incredibly grateful to have had the opportunity to perform for like Katy Perry and Lionel Richie. Um, and on the other hand, I'm like, it's subjective. You know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I think it's, I think it's also important that um, all right, here's the thing I I've been, you know, being edgy. It's you have to be edgy. <laughs> you know, it's, it, I think it also allows you a chance for you to grow. Like if you didn't have that experience, you know, it's uh, you could always look back on something like, Oh man, I should have, you know, uh, I probably should have went to, you know, for example, if I, I should have went to this school, I should have taken this job. I should have went to this person's party. I don't know what, whatever it is, a small detail like that, you can, it can change you if you do. But I think that's also an example on how you grew, like what your decisions would be now, as opposed to the ones you made. But I think, I think that's an amazing thing that you've, you've done that. And now it allows you a chance to grow. And now here you are getting doing your own thing. I think it's an amazing thing. And, you know, we talked about, you know, performing live performing in front of people, you know, the live music experience, of course. And I think we touched on the touring life before, you know, the interview started, but I do want to ask about this, because how was that live music experience for you personally, Amelia, because you've done some touring, you made appearances at, uh, you know, the knitting factory, uh, the bitter end ladybug festival, uh, Elm city, a music festival and the list goes on and now we've been all kind of just forced to take this unexpected step back and has this time you know uh, has it made you develop i don't know a newfound appreciation of the live concert experience like what was your favorite part about it 
It kind of feels similar to, I'm sure, hopefully you're familiar with Warp Tour. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I was all an those avid, years. all those years. Um, but I remember when they announced that it was closing and it was coming to an end. And um, and I was absolutely cry. I was like, what are we going to do? What is the, what is the emo scene going to do? Where am I going to go? <laughs> um, but I think, you know, obviously that's a much smaller, much smaller and minute feeling to what this past year has been. But, you know, going from performing live very frequently, um, I think it's why I ended up live streaming. I didn't know what to do with myself. And my first, like, if I go back in my archives on my, my uh, one of my live streaming profiles, like my first stream was like a week after they announced the shutdown. Like I was right at the beginning. Yeah. I was like, all right, I, I, I'm a senior in high school. I'm taking AP psychology, but I'm not going to take the test, I guess. I don't know what to do. I don't know where I'm going to college. Everything's a disaster. <laughs> um, but I was like, I am just going to do what I know how to do. I know yeah. how to music, you know? And um, so I started live streaming. I, I mostly play my original music on my streams. I don't do a lot of covers. And even when people ask for certain stuff, I'm like, no, I'm sorry. Like, I don't. I don't know how many how many times I get asked to play Billie Eilish, um, as wonderful and amazing <laughs> as as it is that they even request songs. Yeah. Um, but it it was amazing that people really fell in love with the music that I write. Um, I, which is why I kept going. I kept streaming because people kept asking me to. They kept wanting to hear. They'd be like, "Oh, can you like please release this song? Please do this." I'm like, "It takes months, but yeah, I'll give you a SoundCloud demo." Um, but it, it's been it's been really amazing in that, in that regard. And I know in a way, I feel like I didn't lose any aspects of the performing live because I am performing live. It's just, you know, for people all around the world, you know, I have, I have fans from Argentina. I have fans from North Carolina and like South Dakota. And it's just amazing to see this incredible community forming where otherwise they wouldn't have, they wouldn't have all met at a concert, you know? Yeah. But um, now, like, they're best friends with each other. It's so cute. <laughs> I, I was going to say, I, I actually just brought, like, bought, like, two pairs of van shoes yesterday just to, <laughs> just to remind myself of how amazing just the that time. Van, uh, uh, Warp Tour was the reason I got into van shoes anyway. So, and I was just talking <laughs> about with, with, like, with my brothers about how we missed that tour. It's so ironic that you even brought that up. So, it's mm-hmm. kind of just goes in together. Now, uh, with the live streaming, obviously, during this pandemic, you this is something that something unique which allowed you to connect with your passion fan base and i'm talking about you know twitch volume spoon i'll even throw discord and instagram and tiktok <laughs> uh what is it you amassed over 1000 hours of dedicated live streaming and at the same yeah. time you're talking about this connection this strong community amongst your fans and follower followers with the creative music you put out which we will touch on here in a second because uh, you let them, you know, take this deep dive with you and see what you've been working on, sort of like behind the scenes type of thing and everything that you do. And if anyone out there doesn't believe me, go to TikTok and watch the video for that duet cover for Mother Mother's <laughs> Hayloft. What is it? 113,000? You, you have, oh, and th- those views are still climbing as I'm um, throwing those numbers at you. Uh, I'm sure this has helped you get through this crazy time we've all been in. Like, do you even have any words to describe this whole experience? Because you're a year into this now. I mean, look how much you've done in this year and talking about making the best of the situation. What did I say earlier in this episode? Right. And now it's what could be when, once we enter 2022 and now you have a new album, like what goes through your head when you 
see and hear things like that and your supporters only grow. Yeah, I, I think, you know, something that it's that it's taught me or at least the live streaming thing and my community building aspect of music. Um, my fans, I hate calling them fans. They don't feel like fans because I talk to them every day like they're friends, but yeah. there's like, you know, a general couple hundred that I talk to on a weekly basis. And I think, you know, they often tell me how much my music helps them. And I, I, I've cried so many times looking at the messages that I get from them because they're so sweet and I can't describe how much they've helped me and my mental health. Um, this year has been awful, you know? I mean, uh, again, on a very minute scale, but you know, I didn't finish high school. I didn't, you know, have my friends. I lost my uncle. Like it, it's been a really awful, awful year. And I really don't know. And that's uh, not even talking about my mental health problems and things. Um, yeah. So I really, I can't, I don't know where I'd be if it weren't for my community and their lovely words and support. And, you know, I don't know. It's, I get all mushy talking and about that, it, but. And, and that that's okay. I think, uh, especially at a time like today, it's, it's okay to be mushy. You know, I, I, a yeah. lot of people have shown their true colors in this last year and we found out good way or, you know, the wrong way, whatever, however it may be, however it may be. And uh, I'm sorry for your losses to Amelia. And I mean, I, I share that as well. I've, I've lost family members in this last year. A lot yeah. of people have. And um, again, I, I'm sound like a broken record, but yeah, we are making the best of what we do, what we love doing. And, and I, I love that you have something that you have a passion for right here and you're making the best of it. Um, again, a new album, right? But, and uh, <laughs> I, 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 I promise I'll talk about dead moths in a second because <laughs> I, I want to get your take on this first, because okay. it's interesting you're talking about the live streaming. I've asked over a hundred artists this question, and, and you're no different. I want to ask you, because there's no wrong answer to this, with the amount of touring you've done, with, with the people you've encountered, the, the artists that you've perhaps collaborated with, the venues you played in, do you think that the rise of the quarantine-induced live streaming we've been seeing for this last year and a half. I can't believe I'm even saying that. I mean, is that going to affect the touring musician business going forward through your perspective? Like, has it already been affected? Do you still see artists, you're doing it, doing something like this, even once we enter, you know, 2022 and beyond? Yeah, I think it definitely is going to infect, if, in, sorry, I think it's definitely going to affect the touring business. I mean, speaking from my own personal uh situation but like my dad is high risk and mm -hmm. i technically i have concert tickets for the fall i don't know if i'm gonna go like there's free refunds i guess but you know i think a lot of people get a certain amount of community and love from live streaming that i don't know if it's the same at concerts especially now it's a very it's a very scary world out there you know i mean yeah. I am a young woman. I don't like going places alone. You know, it's genuinely not always the safest, but I know that, you know, when I'm going to my friend's live stream, like I'm not, I'm totally safe, totally fine. Everything is all good. And my friends are all there in the chat. And I, I think also like being able to connect with musicians from all around the world too is super unique. And again, something you wouldn't get from 
from like a live concert experience. Can you tell that I'm a little bit biased? To no, that, that's okay. I want you to be completely, um, uh, don't filter yourself at all because I've had, I, yeah. I, I had so many amazing artists like yourself talk about how, um, like I said, I come from a family of musicians. My, uh, my brother's band is about to play a show this weekend up in Oklahoma. So he's, it's his first time going out there and, and playing again. He doesn't know how to feel. And I've had artists who say, yeah, I would love to do live streaming. It gives me a chance to engage with my fans. Case in point, other artists would say, I'm not doing anything until all this is over, you know? So there's no, yeah. there's always that uncertainty going forward. Um, I'll tell you what I did about, uh, was it last summer? I went to this, I don't know if you heard about it, Metallica. This, uh, of course, we all know about Metallica. They did this yeah. live, <laughs> they did this live streaming event for one, for one weekend. Um, I think it was only in the States and Dallas, Texas sold out immediately. Like they did a live streaming for all the drive-ins. Um, oh, I did yeah. hear about that. That yeah. was so, so cool. It was yeah. crazy because, um, uh, luckily my friend had a ticket and I love telling the story. I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go, whatever it is, you know, I, uh, the reason why I love to do what I do about my publication is because I love to cover artists like yourself, like in the live experience. Right. So I'm like, okay, sure. I'll go. When you get there, I felt like, what is it? Warp tour. You see all these fans just kind of just coming out of the woodworks, just getting, getting drinks and and uh coming together and it felt like an actual concert but once you actually sat down you're in your car this screen is in front of you like okay now it's starting to feel like huh <laughs> you know so so uh and what's one of the most popular things we hear at you know like at a live show hey let me see those hands in the air like let me see those <laughs> horns whatever it is and you see just this sea of fans you get that adrenaline rush right you yeah like everyone with their hands raised Instead, what did we get? I remember this uh, three days grace open. And uh, he he said, uh, let me hear you honk your horns. So <laughs> if you just roll down your window, you just hear cars honking just like in silence. Like in just, we're in this desert area here in Dallas. It just felt so <laughs> different. But the point of this is just it. I miss that live experience. I, there's nothing yeah. you can take away from that live experience. But um, but you also pointed out something very interesting because I've had friends who don't go to live concerts because of social anxiety that yeah that creeps in you know and attending a live streaming kind of they benefit from that because you can actually engage with other people in the chat i don't know i, I feel like we could just dive into this rabbit hole if you call <laughs> you can cut if you can't even call it that even further but i don't know if you're going to add on something to there that you're going to say yeah yeah no i you know i think something about live streaming that's very pertinent to my streams is we talk about mental health every yeah. stream every single stream we talk about it um and it's the kind of i i share the kind of stuff that i probably wouldn't share at a concert like if i was performing like you know at a venue again i probably wouldn't talk about my day or if that i didn't sleep that night or something you know what i mean like i i think yeah. live streaming has such a personal connection which is so weird because you would think it would be the complete opposite but you know going back to your point about like anxiety and stuff i know a lot of my community members have all sorts all sorts of things that they deal with on a daily basis and they find comfort in knowing that i also deal with that kind of stuff and we always end every stream with a virtual hug and obviously like you know i say like if you don't I like hugs that. you don't have to participate in this but if you feel like you've been needing a hug recently like you know close your eyes and give yourself a little self hug and this is me hugging all of you and you all hug me each other and that's how we end every every single stream without fail and um it just it's it's so personal and yet they're thousands and thousands of miles away from me and yet i feel like 
I know them all individually and they all have their own, their own voice, you know? Yeah. Uh, speaking of personal, I know we talked about everything from head to toe. Let's talk about dead moths and my sugar. Finally. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Comes out the end, end of summer. Um, uh, uh, of course you're going to have a specific date for that soon. Uh, drops, drops later this summer on Allegri records and deco entertainment. Now, Amelia, knowing that this is your debut outing, have you ever, you know, if at all felt any sort of pressure during this whole process, or does that make it easier because, Hey, it's my first album. I don't have anything to lose. Has that ever entered your head? It's scary. Um, (laughs) I am, (laughs) I am quite, quite terrified to put out my EP. I think mostly because mostly because of you know musicianship of being like oh it'll never it'll never be you know i'll listen back to it in a couple months and i'll be like oh i should have done the drums differently um so yes on one hand i definitely am nervous because it's my first it's my first body of work and people always say like oh like the first album's the best album it's like ah is this this going to be my best (laughs) album i don't know i don't i don't know um so that's that's one one side of it but on the other on the other hand i have been itching to put out new music i i love just getting it getting it done it's out there it's in the world people can listen to it 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 has a life of its own and it's out of my hands from now until forever and i love that feeling like when i put out goliath oh my god it was so great because now i can never like overthink it again it's just done it's out there no more Uh, overthinking to be done Uh, and with Goliath, and I got to say this because in its entirety, I mean, this song, um, it really did have everything because I, I, I want to mention this because I grew up with, I think you did too. I grew up with Fiona Apple. I grew up listening to <gasps> yes. uh, Garbage, uh, Alanis Morissette, Cardigans, so um, Sarah McLaughlin. She's probably one of my favorite vocalists of all time. Like it mm-hmm. took me to that time as I was listening to Goliath, you know, when I was listening to them and I had vibes of the alt pop, uh, hip hop, jazz, of course, the piano colors that that it kind of gave you that heart sinking feel. I don't know if that makes sense because it was atmospheric. It was very intricate. And my favorite part, it was different. You know, it, it with the contemporary spark of everything that you are. And that makes you stand out from that concentrated feel of that singer songwriter realm and the genres I mentioned, like in your vocals. I got to obviously good God. I mean, you have these. <laughs> You have these multi octave vocal jumps in the chorus. I mean, I had to go back and listen to it over and over. I'm like, <laughs> like, how did she? How did she do that? And now I may be one of the few. I don't know if you ever. I doubt you've heard this before, but my personal opinion, I felt like if you and Kate Bush switched places, you guys would be putting out that. I feel like if Kate Bush time traveled, like she would be doing something like this. Um, oh wow! Thank you. But, uh, yeah. So. Uh, uh, my mom listened to a lot of Kate Bush growing up and uh, it kind of just, you know, like my upbringings, you know? So anyway, it, I, I feel like you have something special happening here and definitely something to be proud of. I don't throwing a lot at you, but, <laughs> uh, it, but it's, it's great stuff. So, you know, walk me through this, Amelia, like, because we now know about dead moths in my sugar. Could this song Goliath kind of serve as a, I don't know, a rep in, as a rep- representation into what's to come on this new album, or are we barely just touching the surface here? Good question. Um, I think, I think there's lots of different flavors on the EP. Of course, trying to stay somewhat consistent. I feel like I'm more um, excited than you are at this point. 
<laughs> oh my gosh. I'm just so I'm just excited to get it get it done and get it yeah. out. Um but yeah, there's lots of different lots of different flavors. Um but I think I think Goliath is probably the heaviest song on on the record. Um but we'll see. We'll see. I still have time to make some yeah. adjustments, so who knows? <laughs> Has anything changed from when you first started composing on Dead Mods to where you ended up finishing it? Like did a lot change in between? Did nothing change? Was there already a specific sound you had in mind with this EP? Yeah, going into every song that I record, I always have exactly the the atmosphere. Uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know why. I was like going like this, like <laughs> I was trying to help you out. Like, like I was like, yeah. okay. <laughs> um, but I but I I know exactly the atmosphere that it should live in. Um way before I even like as I'm writing it even sometimes depending like I'm like oh that part that part will have poetry in between mm -hmm. that'll be fine um and stuff like that I think I think yeah I think the recording the EP has been really really fun and there's yeah. lots of surprises um lots surprise surprises. surprises are good now <laughs> um I think you know this this question was coming music first or lyrics first how does that work out for you or does it just you kind of just go with the flow lyrics first always okay. um okay. i i love poetry that's like more so my background than anything i think um even as a listener to music i always listen for lyrics before anything else mm -hmm. the, the audio quality could be absolutely atrocious and awful um but if the lyrics are good it will be added to one of my playlists and uh, um <laughs> go, go, go ahead go ahead finish off there because no, i want to add something I, to that yeah it's just that's that's definitely more so how my how my brain works and that's how i go into recording stuff too usually the music is more like pizza toppings the music is more like oh like there's some flavor for you mm. there's some some of that but i'm gonna you know, use that <laughs> that's a good <laughs> but one but the the core of of every track on the on the album is lyrics i didn't put a song on the on the on the record if it didn't have lyrics i was completely completely satisfied with uh, before I talk about the production, I don't know if you've come across this show called This Is Pop on Netflix because no. so um, Brian Luttrell, I think that's his name from the Backstreet Boys, he did an interview and he was talking about how when they first recorded I Want It That Way, right? And mm -hmm. how it was always about the melody. It didn't even matter what the lyrics were like. What is I Want It That Way? What does that mean? You want it this <laughs> way? That It didn't have a meaning. It was just all about fitting the melody. It was all always about the melody. So uh, but yours is like I'm thinking about a whole different standpoint like it it fits everything just fits and I don't think it really mattered in the 90s like what it was about you know what you were singing about it was always about the melody but you actually had the melody you actually had the lyrics and you actually had the message that you wanted to convey uh, but anyway I recommend you uh, check out that show it's brand new I'll on check Netflix. it out yeah but yeah they uh uh they even talk about how Britney Spears came onto the scene and that's a that's a whole different trip I gotta tell you that anyway <laughs> throwing that out there now uh for the production for goliath specifically because okay. um i'm an audiophile these days i'm very picky on how i want my music to sound the way i want it to sound but i didn't have to mess with any eq buttons on this song like it was everything was so well put together now it's produced by west west side music and siren and uh is that correct no, that is not correct. I produced oh, okay, okay. the whole thing myself. Uh, the music video was like produced by 
West West Side Music and stuff. Oh, okay, like okay, that's okay, the video, okay. the video right, right. aspect. Uh, they were the producers on the video, but the the song itself was all my blood, sweat, and tears. Um, the only thing I will I will attest that I did not do, I did not do the guitars. At the time, I did not play guitar, but my dad does. And my dad was like, you got to have some like surf rock kind of guitars, Amelia. You just have to. And I was like, I want it, but I can't. I can't do it. My fingers are too chubby. I can't. It doesn't work. <laughs> and he was like, I'll, I'll play it for you. Perfect. Um, and so my dad was playing guitar on the song. <laughs> I'm sure there was that sense of comfortability in the studio for you, Amelia, knowing that you had full power on how you wanted the song to sound right. Yeah, that's how I go. I go into everything. Uh, I produce all my stuff, all my stuff myself, which, you know, sometimes I get like a little too chaotic with my production. And then I'm like, OK, hold on. I got to strip it back. This is about the lyrics. It's not about the production for me. So I need to go back to square one. But yeah. um, but with Goliath, it was very fun. And um, working with my dad is a delight. So it was very fun. That's awesome. And, and was it the same way with every other song on the CP? With, yeah. Uh, yep. Man, that so that actually goes to even show how impressive your catalog is. You can get that production side, um, that that side of you, and how you can actually. Uh, that's great. I think that's that's a great formula you have, you know, because it's important to because artists would be like, yeah, I did this song, hand it off to a producer, and they would do their thing, you know. So. Yeah, um, and sometimes like that works for certain artists. I know a couple artists, friends of mine, are too too biased with the with the vocal. Um, and so they can't, it's a hard, it's hard for them to produce around it because they just only want the vocal to stand out or the guitar to only stand out or something. Um, so I think, which happens to me quite frequently and I have to like take a week away from the song and then come back to it. Um, but it's, I love producing. I love it so much. Um, it's very, it's very emotional to, you know, once you hear the bass kick in for the first time on a certain yeah. song, you're like, oh, my God, that's that's the that's the arc of the song. That's so cool. Yeah, it's almost um, to the point where it's therapeutic, if that's yeah, the right definitely. Word. Um, 100%. You know, between writing and structuring the songs and the production process, like you just talked about, I want the listeners to know, you know, how important this is to you, because the lyricism throughout Goliath, you know, the origins of that center around um, overcoming toxic relationships, getting over that feeling of being helplessly stuck in your situation. <laughs> I've been there, obviously, you know, and uh, we've all been there. And you described yourself, and I'm going to quote you here, um, rotten and sold to who bid the most, which mm -hmm. is parallel parallel to how you feel your relationships have been on display publicly, you know, similar to an auction, especially at a time like today. I feel like it could resonate with a lot of people. Having said all that, I began to wonder why this was the song to kick things off like if there was a theme to dead mods in my sugar and if that's true you know to what level do you like to have something like this for your music is that more about helping you write or sound or is that more for the audience i think it was about the element of surprise <laughs> okay um you know i like i said i think goliath is the heaviest song on the on the album and i think when people hear the album they're going to be very uh, very surprised that it, it doesn't sound entirely like Goliath, um, but yet it stands alone and is part of it because it's all part of this narrative. Um, and I think that I think that it'll come through. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so with the theme, it kind of just like a it's like a go with the flow attitude or you can do kind of come up with the theme beforehand and then it kind of just evolves into, for example, Goliath. 
yeah, I have, <laughs> I have this document on my computer of every song I've ever written that I would feel comfortable putting out in the world. Um, as of right now, it stands at like 42 songs. Wow. Um, which could change at some point I could cross some of those off and be like, I don't feel comfortable releasing that song. I don't feel comfortable releasing that one, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it's constantly growing and constantly changing. But from those 40 something songs, I have them divided into different like moods and different stories. Um, so they're going to follow different, different narratives each, each time. Do you see dead Mots and my sugar as a snapshot of where you are in a certain time of your life looking back? Yeah. Yeah, most certainly. Um, I, a lot of my songs are about, about mental health and how mental health affects your relationships with the people around you. Um, and I think that this, this record specifically, most of the songs on the record are very, very, very new songs that I've written. So they're not songs that have been in my vault for years and years. Like they are all of them are from at least the past six months. My edgy but, era. <laughs> <laughs> my edgy era. Um, but even some of them are so new as to like a month ago. Um, so they're very, it's definitely definitely a snapshot of where I am right now. Yeah. And I know you derive your influences from, I mentioned earlier, you know, Fiona Apple and of course, Jeff Buckley, Arlo Parks, to name a few, um, to name off the bat. And you're 19, is that correct? Yeah. And here's the thing. You're just getting started, you know. Uh, being young and this is something that you know is important i believe too you know being young and being a woman in this music genre where there's so much being thrown at you left and right there's competition there's labels there's fans and of course with more younger female musicians aspiring to step into the scene amelia what advice would you have for someone wanting to follow in your footsteps um i would say i know it's cheesy but being authentic is probably the most important factor of music period i think it's very clear at least to me when someone is doing something that isn't true to their heart and they're not saying something that matters mm -hmm. um and i think if you're going to create a platform for yourself where you are able to have a voice that matters you have that privilege to have a voice that matters say something that matters um and I think I see a lot of people these days who, who do that and it's really inspiring. So I think to new musicians or people who wanna get started in live streaming, writing, pr producing, recording, whatever, I'd say be authentic and say something that matters. You know, from the different experiences and perspectives in your timeline that you've taken in, which we've discussed about so far, you know, performing for as long as you have and the people you have met and worked with doing this record, including your auditions and upbringings you know touring your relationship with your you know your family producers fans this pandemic you know it sounds like you still have much left to put out there with your artistic vision and i'm excited i'm excited to see where you go from here you know i've been excited this entire interview you're like oh man this guy's more excited than i am you know, this, uh, is this is definitely something you have a passion for amelia and you've experienced plenty already in your career even at 19 and then some you know have your aspirations you know as an individual as a musician, just a human being, really, you know, have they changed or evolved since when you first started performing in the industry? Like, do you see things differently today? Honestly, I, I don't, I don't think so. I, I grew up very heavily involved in uh, indie music. Um, I 
I, this sounds very trite, but I like wasn't allowed to listen to the radio very much when I was a kid um, because I, my family wanted me to just develop my own sense of creativity. Again, it sounds more snobby than it was. Hmm. My family are like hippies. Um, so it, <laughs> it's, okay. I swear to God, it's not like a snobby thing. Um, but I think my aspirations have always kind of been the same. Um, I always, since I was like, I don't know, five maybe idolized Sufjan Stevens and like St. Vincent, um, Regina Spector, Fiona Apple, to name a few. I mean, Fiona Apple is quite, quite high up there on the, on the fame list, but I, I think having an appreciation for artists who say things that matter to them is more important to me than having all the numbers and, and stuff. Like, I hope that that happens for the sake of like, not wanting to be, to go back to like, you know, waitressing or anything, but, um, but I think my aspirations have always kind of been the same, just having an appreciation for indie DIY music yeah. and the scene. Yeah, I think it's important to, you know, kind of just also like kind of push everything away and kind of look at it from the outside and remind yourself why you do what you do. Kind of just give your chance to uh, just a, just a chance to exhale and go back in it, you know, because the more successful you are, I feel like it's easy to lose track of that. You know, I don't I don't know if that relates to you, but um I think it's important to, you know, remind yourself why you do what you do. Um, but Amelia, this has been an honor. I know we're uh, reaching at the end of this interview, but uh, I feel like we could be talking forever. Obviously I'm, <laughs> I'm going to let you get to your live streaming, but you know, uh, as you're telling me these things, uh, if you weren't a musician, what would you be doing right now? Has that ever crossed your mind? I know you're 19, <laughs> but you know, uh, what other, you know, I, I wonder what other interests you have that feeds your creativity within the music you play. Um, I, I don't, I don't have any. That's but, okay. That's an um, answer. That's an yeah, answer. <laughs> no, definitely. I, you know, I, I, I felt like a sore thumb in high school most of the time because the people around me did so many things, so many things. Mm. Like, you know, I had people who were involved in art, but also sports and also music and all this stuff, which is freaking awesome and incredible. And I, I always looked up to people, those people like that. I, I always looked me up to too. those people. I'm like, God. And, uh, and I remember coming to terms with the fact I was like, all I can do is music. And here's the <laughs> thing. Like, and here's the thing. I don't know if you, you had the same thing. When I went to high school, like even their siblings were in the same boat, you know, like, and then they yeah. had this family of just like, man, they are so perfect. You They're know, so it, good it, at everything. And you're kind of just sitting in silence. It's like, okay, what do I, what do, I do with my life? And uh, again, not discouraging that at all. Like, go for of it. Of course not. If you can do lots of things, that's that's amazing um but hope i i, I want to you know send send love to the people out there who feel like they don't belong to one specific like, don't course. belong in lots of different things you know if you if you can if you only really love one one thing or something like that's relatable you're not alone in that you know like it's it's all good no matter where yeah. you are and yeah and, and this is why I love speaking to people like you, because <laughs> we can relate in that source of aspects. Um, now, um, I know this is the last part. Usually I end my interviews with like kind of a kind of a fun topic. I'm, okay. I'm going through this list because there's so much I could ask you. I know we I don't know if we've actually we touched on a couple of your favorite artists, but I wanted to ask. I feel like you're a big film fanatic. Am I wrong? Ooh, a little bit. I mean, I love like dude bro comedy movies like Seth Rogen stuff. Like Seth um, but I'm Yeah. But I'm not like I'm not like a I, I do think film is very beautiful though, I will yeah, say. But okay, I'm not okay. very well versed. 
not very well versed. I, I asked that because your Goliath music video is very cinematic. Oh, and, thank you. Yeah, I love that. And I, I went to film school for three years. I know a lot of my followers are tired of me hearing say that, but it's just, it really <laughs> resonated with someone like me. Okay. So having said that, what are your five okay. favorite albums you can think of at the top of your head that you maybe are listening to right now, or that has always influenced you since the get-go? I think I'm going to do of all time because currently there aren't a lot of albums other than Tyler's new album that I've been listening to, but my top five favorite albums of all time um, in no specific order for the sake of on the spot. Um, I'm putting you on the spot, aren't I? <laughs> this is interview on the um, fire. This is yeah, why we need exactly. Okay. okay. Yeah, definitely. Um, at the top of the list, we have Grace by Jeff Buckley, uh, followed by The Idler Wheel by Fiona Apple, followed by the self-titled album by Nothing But Thieves, um, followed by The Balcony. Nope, The Balance. The Balcony, I think, by Cavish in the Bottom. And the one with the alligator. Can't remember the name of it. Okay, the one with the um, alligator. And I think I have room for one more. Probably Radiohead Kid A. Is that the name of the album? Yes. I think so, right? What year did I'm like, now I'm now I'm blanking. Yeah, I think that's the name of the album. I know it's one of the one of the songs on the album, and I always get confused when the songs and the album are the same. That's but pretty I cool believe... how you're able to just like list them off, like not even, I mean, not even they're... a minute to get to that whole list. Um, I listen to them all the time. <laughs> uh, that that that's that's impressive. Um, I I thought you were gonna have Saint Vincent in there because when you said self-titled, oh, I'm like, actor is very high on my list of favorite <laughs> albums of all time, as well as she, she's uh, a local. She's a local here in uh, Dallas, so I was like Saint Vincent's one. Saint of my, Vincent hit me. I can't up. believe we're just now uh, talking about her, but she was one of my favorites. Um, she's incredible this time she's a local here in dallas but anyway but okay is that six (laughs) yes that's six um if i were to do seven i would also add uh can you feel the illinois by sufian stevens probably very up on the list forgot to mention it though um man perfect uh amelia this has been an honor uh do you have any last words just any shout outs anything you'd like to plug in or mention for dead mods before we finish things off here i know you have a new single yeah um, coming out uh anyway the floor is yours once again and if you want to play something to finish things off feel free oh to so know. exciting i would love to i think one thing i would like to end it with um is to go visit visit desideria on instagram for anybody who might be new here or new to me i'm so used to my stream saying new here but if any of you are new to me and what i do uh go to visit desideria on instagram for a story world project that i'm developing um there's a lot a lot a lot of things in the works for that and if you like me you should follow my instagram who is amelia rose that's probably what i would say perfect (laughs) um and then yeah i'd love to play a song i'm actually gonna play um the next single coming out i'm gonna mute myself here so so it is all yours all right um but yeah so this is my next single um it's called nosedive it's coming out July 28th, and it goes like this.
Thanks for listening to Interview Under Fire podcast. If you guys liked what you heard, please subscribe and share our channel. And please leave a five-star review as that helps us tremendously. If you'd like to check out more, visit www.interviewunderfire.com or our social media channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. And finally, we want to thank you all for the support you've been giving us. Keep it burning.